Hi, I'm George Tekmachov here with Steve the Big Cat. Anderson for another Easton Target Archery Podcast. And today, Steve, we've got a couple of special guests, including the man, the myth, the legend, the president of Easton. Aaron Lucky. There he is. <laughs> Aaron, thanks for joining us today. Hey, Aaron, the, uh, the discussion today, of course, is a very important one, and that involves the National Archery in the Schools programs, as well as OAS, Olympic Archery in the Schools, and other archery programs that are intended to benefit um, school programs, teaching kids to shoot bows and teaching them the, um, the life lessons that come with our sport. There's, uh, here in the United States, uh, an unintended consequence of another piece of legislation. And to make a long story short, that piece of legislation has been used, some say misused, to remove the possibility of federal funding for school programs that teach archery in particular. And so it's a big concern, obviously, for all of us who love the sport, but it's also a very big concern for the largest organization that supports archery in the schools, which is operated by the National Archery in the Schools program. And their representative is with us today, Dr. Tommy Floyd. Tommy, thank you for joining us today on the podcast. Thank you so very much for allowing me to be here. Tommy, those of us who have worked or have been associated with Easton recognize the importance of NASP, National Archery in the Schools program, for well over two decades now. Um, so many opportunities for kids. Easton is a sponsor of the Academic Archery program and uh, has been a close partner with NASP from its inception. Give us a little of the history of the NASP program, if you will. And, and bring us from its beginnings to where it is today. Thank you, George, and thank you, Aaron. It, it is always a pleasure to talk about the National Archery in the Schools Program. National Archery in Schools Program is a 501c3 nonprofit organization that's been around officially since 2002. We have been lockstep partners with Easton Archery, Easton Technical Products since about the beginning. We have uh, 21 million students in grades 4 through 12 that have gone through our program since inception. It is amazing the numbers that uh, have continued to climb. As you know, only about 12% of those may participate in a competitive nature outside their school. But the purpose of NASP to support the mission of educators and to grow the shooting sports occurs because when it's presented in an archery lesson in, in their school, and to be a NASP school, we require an in-school archery lesson to be taught during the year, a minimum of 10 hours. Most of the time, it's more than that. But we know that 66% of all participants in NASP are first-time archers. And over the course, we have had 104,000 basic archery instructors trained in the safety of NASP. And I will add that our 21 years of existence also includes 21 years of a safe experience so much that we have an unblemished safety record. No significant accident has occurred by those 104,000 teaching the archery protocols that we teach in NASP are 11 steps, if you would, um, and Easton 
has been a big part of that all throughout our history. We shoot an 1820 Eastern aluminum shaft. We call it the Genesis arrow, if you would. And it is the only arrow we shoot. And probably while I breathe air, it'll be the only arrow we will shoot. Hey, Tommy, I'd like to just pause you there on that safety record. I mean, just given the number of years that this program's been about, the, the number of students and, and instructors that have participated and, and your safety record, I, I, I can't think of another sport that I could imagine even stacks up or comes anywhere close to that, that level of safety. I've personally been hurt in all of the other PE sports. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I would wager chess doesn't have such a record. <laughs> a lot of people reach out to us and talk to us about starting NASP at their school. And, and you know, they, they talk about, you know, what do I do? We've got a great little graphic on how to do that. But the point that you just made, Aaron, is that uh, having been a school administrator at the high school level and then as a superintendent, I know what the injury rates were for competitive athletics, boys and girls, and archery in no way compares. And it's it's often, you know, someone says, well, I don't know if we can do archery because it's such a, such a risky thing or it's, it's going to affect our insurance. And what I always come back to is um, even the ATA has put out some great documentation on the safety of archery as a whole, not, not NAS, but archery as a whole is such a safe sport. And um, I hope we have time to talk about all the things it does besides provide such a safe place for kids, but it provides so many benefits for kids that they so desperately need. Well, and in fact, that's exactly our intent here, Tommy, is to let you tell us about some of those other benefits, including academic benefits to the students, because it's very clear that the same discipline that's required to hit the 10 ring is very helpful to other aspects of students' lives, isn't it? It, it absolutely is, George. Thank you. That's a an excellent point. I, I'm going to say that I don't consider myself an expert of anything. Um, but I'll tell you, I spent just a few days around children. Um, my early days was middle school, principal at the high school level. I was a teacher at the high school level as well. But as a superintendent, I had kids from preschool through, through senior, um, almost 12,000 at one time. That's a lot of other people's kids. And I learned a lot of life lessons along the way. And I like to use a word that I think that our our partnership does for kids, and that's it allows them to find success. You know, you're you're 10 or 11 or 12 or 13 or 14 years old. You make an incredibly high number of decisions that have a lot to do with options you're going to have later in life. You're, you're going to decide a lot about yourself. You've got this tremendous, tremendous peer pressure on you. You're, you're looking for ways that you can find something to connect yourself with. You know, we have a lot of students in America. They get on a school bus. They go through the day. They get on, on the school bus and they ride home. They, they kind of withdrawn. They don't really want them, anyone to cause attention to them. They don't want to cause a problem. They just kind of want to be left be. But, but they don't engage. If you'll talk to an educator out there, and it doesn't matter where they teach, virtual, homeschool, magnet school, charter school, public, private, we don't care. There's kids in each one of these settings and they need something to connect to. You, you talk to a teacher at any level and they'll tell you that it, once a child engages with their school, they have a much better chance of being motivated to do better in the classroom. Now we have 
data that says that 58% of the students that we, we most recently surveyed said that 58% of them said that participation in NASP caused them to feel connected to their school. And 40% of them said that it motivated them to do better in the classroom. As, as you both know, Easton saw the wisdom early and became the title sponsor for a program that we're very, very proud of, and that is Academic Archer. And Academic Archer recognized over 34,000 students last year in 47 states, 49 soon to be, because we've added two states. It recognized them for success in the classroom. And as George said, you know, I, I'm, I'm 13 or 14 or 15, and someone puts this Genesis bow in my hand, and I reach in my quiver, and I, I, I bring my arrow up over the riser and back down onto the rest, and Someone is teaching me these 11 steps and just a short number of lessons. I am able to find some control in just a few more lessons. I, I'm able to put, I'm able to put the arrow where I want it. Now, let me tell you what happens when that happens. It isn't just about the archery. It's about the success that that student begins to feel. And I've seen this personally as a coach back in the early days. My, my NASP day started in 2003 and four. I watched kids who would stare at your feet when you spoke to them, get involved in our program, and you couldn't make them stop talking to people about their excitement, about how much they loved archery. And even if you weren't an archery proponent or an archery fan, you're probably a fan of young people. And when you watch these young people go through a program in the shooting sports like archery, and you both know this as, as much as or more than I, you soon see the kid learn focus, focus to shut out all the noise and focus on what they're doing. Self-confidence. They know what they can do. If you talk to even a middle school or upper elementary student, you know, how are you going to shoot today? They'll probably be able to tell you how they're going to shoot based on how they feel and how they've been shooting. They learn to be a part of a team. They learn to be a teammate. How many, how many adult skills will they need in the workplace in the marriage, in the family, in the home, in the friendships that they can learn right there on the shooting line by learning to deal with success and with failure in shooting the bow and arrow. It is, as George says, the precursor to many of the things they're going to need later in life. Yeah, well, really well said, Tommy. And something that really stands out to me that that sets the NASP uh, program apart from, from a lot of the other uh, you know, team sports and other curricular activities is just that inclusiveness that it has. You know, I've uh, my son plays baseball, my daughter plays basketball, and and does some dance. And you know, the, the, those sports. You know, not everyone makes the team, and, and even if you do make the team, not everyone gets up off the bench. And just not so with with the NAS program. I mean, as as far as I know, Tommy, every kid participates. Everyone shoots. They're boys and girls shooting side by side. There's no need to delineate. Um, I just, I think pretty unique to, to the program you're running there. We're at a 50-50 boy-girl ratio, male-female ratio, 50-50. You know that you have to have at least so many of the smallest number of gender you have to have a team. Probably you and I personally, Aaron, have watched students compete at the national tournament and they're in Salt Lake City at the Western Nationals and at the Eastern Nationals and others. 
students in wheelchairs, students without both arms, students without both legs, students who can't hear, students who can't see. We have communities who come together and they build platforms for kids to hold their bow so they can shoot and release the arrow with their mouth to be right there on the shooting line with other students. I love to say that NASP doesn't care what you look like or where you live. It's, it's there for you. And it's there for almost everybody. Uh, you, you think about the, 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 the mentally and emotionally and physically challenged students that have found success. Uh, you, you guys have someone that I'm going to mention that is a tremendous advocate for our students and a tremendous, tremendous representative of Easton, and that's Carrie Garrett. And Carrie Garrett is just about at every event we have, and she's a tremendous ambassador for Easton Archery. But Carrie is probably the owner of one of the best stories that exist in our program. It's not just a compelling story about archery. It's a compelling story about any sport. And here's Carrie Garrett to tell it for herself. Carrie, they call you the queen of NASP for a reason, don't they? <laughs> well, I do have a tiara, but yes. Uh, I love NASP. I think it's an amazing program, and I've seen so much that it's done for kids. It's uh, we're we're I think we're honored. Easton is honored to be a part of it. So, Carrie, countless stories about how kids has have been positively affected by NASP uh, does come from you, and it involves an experience you had involving a participant in NASP who started out with a disability that they were able to overcome because of archery. Yeah, it's a pretty cool story. It's probably my favorite one. Um, but I was at um, the Open Championship um, in Nashville, and I met a young lady. I believe she was in middle school, probably sixth or seventh grade. Um, Tommy Floyd brought her up to me to introduce me to her. But um, she had been nonverbal her ent entire life until she experienced archery. Um, she did archery. I don't know if it was in her PE class or something after school. Um, but when she went home that night, she sat at the dinner table and her first words were shoot bow. And I, I can't even imagine like how, like how that had to make their parent her parents feel sure. like that something could impact her, impact her so much that she became verbal. And so when I met her at the tournament, she was just like, couldn't stop talking about archery. She was so excited about it, told me all about, you know, what her scores were and what she was going to do. And then that was actually the year that we brought out the um, new color of arrow, the teal colored arrow. And she said, you picked my arrow. And I said, what? She said, that's the color I voted for. She's like, you picked my arrow. And I said, well, yeah, actually we did. So she was super excited about that. And then a couple years ago, I was at another tournament and ran into her and um, she's just so bubbly, so full of life. And I mean, just what an amazing story um, that something, you know, uh, the sport that we all love could have that kind of an impact on somebody. It's pretty cool. Tommy, you've been very eloquent in describing what is at stake here. Just one aspect of what we have gained from having archery in the schools. Let's talk about the issue because this is the hard part. The situation that brings us together to discuss this today is, I'll put it as simply as I can, the fact that 
a federal law that was intended for one thing is being used for quite a different thing. And it was not the intent of Congress when they passed said law to create a situation that would endanger the future of school programs like yours in many schools across the United States. Not every one of them takes federal funding, but many do. And this could have a substantial impact on them. Please tell us as succinctly as you can what started this and why we see NASP endangered as a result of this. Well, first of all, whether you're talking about one child or a million children, school children and their safety is paramount. And having been a superintendent with 170 buses running 9,800 miles a day, believe me, safety was never far from my thoughts. It's not, it's not far from the thoughts of the people in, in our Congress or, or in our government that want to keep kids safe. I, I, I just want to say first that I know or I believe that it was the intent of everything that came out of the Bipartisan Safe Communities Act to keep kids safe. And I don't think it matters about party. I think the intention was in re response to the school shootings to do their very best job to try to get to try to get a, a something going which would increase the safety of kids. With that, though, uh, there was some guidance sought by some states about archery and the shooting programs, and they specifically mentioned NASP as how we became so prominently involved in it. And the guidance they sought was, you know. They, they were a state that was involved with federal fund usage, and they wanted clarification on the usage of federal funds for those shooting sports, hunter education, and, and wilderness survival training. And the, and the guidance from the agency, the, the Department of Education, was that just based on the wording uh, falling under the category of dangerous weapons, uh, that, that it wouldn't be appropriate for the use of, of federal funds, ESEA funds, Elementary and Secondary Act funds, for, for that use. So this began, began quite the stir about May, late mid-May through June into July. A lot of communication was taking place between wildlife agencies, conservation agencies, archery organizations, uh, companies like Easton, organizations all across the United States in response to wanting to show again and again and again the benefits we've already talked about on this podcast for kids. Um, I am very encouraged and, 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 and have been very happy to see the outreach from people from both sides of the aisle to us to learn more. Uh, lots of conversations with new partners that we didn't have before this issue came forward, which I've met and become uh, good friends with, and, and, you know, we all have the same role. You know, NASP isn't the only organization in the universe wanting to help kids. You mentioned some at the beginning. There are lots of archery programs. There are lots of other shooting sports programs. We know what archery does for kids, and I don't think that's a, a political issue at all. I am very encouraged that the light at the tunnel is probably not a train, and it probably is some some possibility, but we have a lot of work to do before that happens. There are solutions being developed. As you mentioned, those are bipartisan solutions. I understand that in recent days, some progress is being reported. What's your perspective on that right now? Well, I know that there were at least 70 different legislators of either party, 70 total, 70 some, that have expressed um, and called for, you know, a new interpretation or uh, 
the provision for wording to be created where that this would no longer be a barrier for the use of those funds. I also read where there was willingness on the department to work with Congress to create language, and they'll have to go through the steps between the House and the Senate and so on. Uh, but you are exactly right, George. I, I think it is a time where maybe there could be some folks come together. With that said, uh, it isn't fixed. And, and I think that so oftentimes, if you're an archer, an outdoors person, a conservationist of any kind, you you lead a busy life and you think, well, you know, if someone's going to call their, their congressman or their senator, that, that's going to be someone else. I, I don't want to be seen as someone that's being critical. I think I think the beauty of the situation that you just laid out is you are being critical. You're being an American. You're being an American to let uh, your legislative representation know how you feel. If, if you're in a small town or a big city and it doesn't matter to us, it probably doesn't uh, ever find a bad time to tell your representatives what NASP or any other archery program is doing for your child, uh, your grandchild. The, the foster child you take care of. If you love archery and you love what archery does for kids, you probably already have some anecdotal stuff that you've seen personally. And Tommy, it, it is true, is it not, that personal stories actually have more impact on- No, no question. Yeah. No question. You, you take the young lady I mentioned before and there are, there are thousands. You know, it doesn't matter whether someone's a Democrat or Republican, I can only imagine the huge responsibility of knowing that my recommendations and decisions and my votes immediately affect millions of people. Those people go home to communities, and in those communities are people just like you. Even if you don't agree with someone politically, they go home to a place, they do the same things you do, and they have kids living in those communities. And if they do have NASP or they don't have NASP or they have some other type of shooting opportunity with a bow and arrow or other, they all need the same thing. So taking the time to let your representative know of the positive things that archery is doing for your child, grandchild, or foster child, or guardian, whatever, letting them know that and letting them know how you feel, that all gets recorded, that all gets tabulated, and that all gets shared with the senator or, or congressman when they get back with their staff. I'll point out that there's one other uh, NASP story that everyone, probably without fail, that listens to this particular target archery-oriented podcast is familiar with. It's the fact that Mackenzie Brown of the United States of America started out with NASP, and we all saw Mackenzie and her great accomplishments at the Tokyo Olympic Games. So whether it's an Olympian or it is someone who simply makes their way to college because of their opportunity academically achieved through being part of NASP, or it's just a kid coming out of their shell. Uh, there are lots of reasons for everyone uh, with the ability to contact their representative at Congress to uh, tell that personal story, to explain why archery is such an important part of American life, the life of kids, and the ability to push things further than they'd be without it. And uh, Tommy, I think you've been extremely instrumental in getting that message out. We have seen you in recent days in major media, uh, but you know we've got a very particularly passionate group of people listening to this podcast. So I wanna thank you for taking the time 
to address them as well and let them know what their opportunities are to help with this situation. Well, I'll just have to say that even though I don't know them, I want to express my gratitude for probably the positive relationship they have with a young person in their community. I think the only thing we didn't talk about is beyond those anecdotal personal stories. A lot of them are generated because these kids may come from homes that they don't have the role model that the archery coach, regardless of what program, it's not just limited to NASP. You've got people volunteering in our country to work with kids and they use archery as a tool. They teach them a lot more than just how to shoot. They teach them how to be better people. And I know that the three of us and everybody listening probably believes that uh, we need more of that in this country in the future. And we need people who uh, learn some of these things while they're developing under great role models in these communities, regardless of size. And they can do that with a bow and arrow. Tommy Floyd, I want to thank you once again for joining us here on the podcast today. You know, we're a bunch of passionate archers here at Easton. But when we listen to someone like you, we recognize that uh, there's people even going beyond what we can bring to the sport. So thank you so much for everything you do. Yeah, Tommy, I, I echo what George said. Thank you so much. We appreciate everything you do for the sport of archery, everything you do for the, the youth and the kids, and just getting to know you over the past, you know, whatever it's been, Tommy. I don't remember. I've got probably going on 10 years now of working together. And uh, the, the boy, the, the NAS program and those, those kids that participate and the coaches are all so lucky to have you in the, the position you're in. Yeah. Um, just your, the, the caring and compassion and enthusiasm you bring is just second to none. So you're absolutely the right man for the job and I'm grateful to have you in it. Thank you so much. I just, it takes all of us and I'm just one little old part and I'll tell you where the real magic happens. It, it happens with your listeners. It happens with someone right now listening to this podcast and they say, you know, I don't have really a youth archery program going on in my community. I just really like archery. Now is the time for you to reach out to one of your schools and see how you can get involved. Those are the people that make the real difference. Um, but thank you both for your kind words. We love what we do and we do what we love and we think it changes lives. And if there's anything, uh, if people want more information on that, Tommy, I, I know you've got some uh, really user-friendly website. I believe there's links to that exact thing on very straightforward on how to how to go about uh, getting your school to participate in the NASP if it doesn't yeah, already. Please let us know the URL for the uh, sure. best website. Uh, the NASP website is naspschools.org, naspschools.org. I think you have to throw that HTTP stuff right at the front of that, but it's 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 naspschools.org, and you can't get off the first page without seeing a link to how to bring NASP to a school near you. And I can't I can't say enough of thank you for the opportunity to be here today, and for all that Easton has done with us and for us. Uh, Aaron, personally, I want to thank you for your phone calls right when this thing, you were you were one of my first phone calls. And I think that speaks to where Easton is about support of anybody that, it's, that it partners with. And I know you partner with a lot of great people and you've got a lot of great people that support Easton because of that. Relationships matter. We shoot the Easton arrow as much because of its quality as the quality of the people behind it, like you, Aaron and, and Carrie and and, and Clint and all those people that we interact with, and we're grateful. Well, you know, Aaron, that uh, that is an eloquent man who is passionate about the work that he does with archery in the schools. Um, Carrie, of course, Carrie Garrett here at Easton, 
is uh, is the super cheerleader for yeah. archery in the schools. We, we refer to her as the queen of NASP. Yep. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we've all seen the results, whether it's people like Mackenzie Brown representing the United States at the Olympic Games, or it's, it's kids who go to higher education because of their academic performance being improved by the discipline that archery brings to them. What we, what we really want to send as a message out of this is, if you care about archery and you care about its role in terms of making our society a better place, great idea for you to get a hold of your congressperson and let them know um, what you think of this unfortunate effort to try to remove archery from schools in the United States. I don't know whether any other way to put it. Yeah, well, I mean, luckily, I think it, it truly is a misunderstanding. I don't think that was the goal by anybody when this whole thing set out. So, you know, I'm, I'm extremely confident that, that we'll work through this and, and get to the right resolution. Um, but, you know, we, we certainly need to be mindful of it. And, you know, the job isn't done yet. So uh, we, don't, we don't want to, uh, to let things go too early. So right. uh, sticking through and just seeing this thing through to the end. And, you know, it's great to, to list some examples of some of the really high achievers. And, but, you know, the, 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 the thing about it is, you know, going down to Kentucky and, and looking at the, you know, the championship games, they had over 15,000 kids uh, shooting in that the last time I was there and you know and it's not just them it's their whole families there and just everybody's everybody's just having a great time and having fun you know regardless of the scores um, regardless of who wins and, and and how you finish it's just a, an incredibly fun atmosphere and if you've never heard 15,000 arrows uh, go off at the same time it's <laughs> It's really something. <laughs> I think the last group that saw that heard that might have been the French at Agincourt. All right. Yes, the French at Agincourt. Well, you know, it's a famous thing. Yeah, it's a famous thing. <laughs> hey, speaking of the French, this week we've got the World Cup going on in Paris. And uh, last week, what a great week for Team Easton, huh? What a I mean. Way. Uh, well, I do the best I can with what I got. You want to you try your own segue? Uh, no, it'd be uh, far more abrupt. Uh, hard, yeah. hard to follow that one. Yeah. See, I, I, I had a, I had a proper segue. flow going there. I took it from Aaron brought up 15,000 arrows in the air all at once. Yes. I brought up the last time there were 15,000 arrows in the air all at once. The historically significant battle at Agincourt. <laughs> which involved the French and the English. No one's going to dispute the historical significance. <laughs> and, we've got, and we've got the World Cup in Paris. So naturally, I thought that was a fine segue. <laughs> I, I did too. I, was, I meant it as a compliment. Like, what a segue, you know? <laughs> oh, well, I guess that's the end of the show. <laughs> I, uh, probably, I, your call. Well, the boss is here. Is this the end of the show or not? Well, let's let's see where it goes. <laughs>